Ahoy there, mateys! That's right, I said it again. Maybe I'll say it at the beginning of every episode this season. Welcome back to Moving Right Along, a Muppet Movie Podcast brought to you by ToughPigs.com. This is the podcast where we watch Muppet Treasure Island two minutes at a time and talk about it a lot. I'm your host, Ryan Rowe. And I'm your other host, Anthony Strand, back again, talking about the Muppets, and it's never going to end. Just in case you didn't get enough of our squawking, now we're here to talk about Jim Hawkins. We got Gonzo and Rizzo and even Billy Bones. Wait, Robin gets to go to a tavern all alone? But look, Rolf is there, and he's dressed like a Quaker. These minutes have a mug that looks like Martin Baker. Before it wears thin, that's the end of this shtick. It's Muppet Treasure Island, minutes five and six! What the heck just happened? <laughs> I had no idea you were going to do that, and that was amazing. No, you did not. <laughs> when, okay, so I, I will, I'll tell our listeners, I had asked you if you wanted to do a rap for this season, like you did at the very beginning of last season, because yes. you decided that Muppet Christmas Carol should have a rap like other movies in the 90s. Have. And you said no. You said you had no interest in doing a rap and, for Muppet well, Treasure Island. And I couldn't think of one for the whole movie. Like, you know, like the general one. It's a lot longer in Christmas Carol. Yeah. And just today while I was taking notes, or yesterday while I was taking notes for these minutes, I was like, whatever, I'm just going to do it. Just about this. Wow. Who cares? Wow. Well, what a delightful surprise. It was It was like finding buried treasure unexpectedly. <laughs> Good. Um, All right. Yes, and the other person who's uh, sitting here uh, in awe of that rap is uh, our most frequent guest back with us again. Guest, who are you? Hi, it's me, Joe Hennis, uh, also of Tuffpigs.com. I was going to come in with some kind of stupid shtick, but I can't, first of all, can't <laughs> top that. Second of all, uh, I am so happy that I was present <laughs> for that moment. Wow, that I, Anthony, I am my jaw is on the floor. I think incredible. Uh, I think you being here was part of it though too. Like you know, uh, if, if it had been like some other guests who I don't know as well, I don't know that I just feel like if, here's a dumb rap about these two minutes. Right. If we had gotten Hans Zimmer to be our guest on this episode, you probably wouldn't have done that. Yeah. I, you know, I I, uh, I I'm going to go out on a limb and say that that rap was better than the entirety of Muppet Treasure Island. Whoa. <laughs> hot take, hot take. Yeah, you're coming in strong, just like I knew you would. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll get into all that. Um, eventually, maybe this episode, maybe next episode, maybe both. We'll see. You'll be here with us for two. Um, but today we are talking about minutes five and six of Muppet Treasure Island in which we meet a bunch of characters, some of them unsavory, and learn that we should be afraid of the one-legged man. So at the very beginning of this clip, uh, there's a cool transition I just want to mention that started at the end of the previous clip. It's a little hard to explain because it's so visual, but I'm going to try to do it anyway. Uh, at the end of Captain Flint walking away uh, after, I guess, killing all the other uh, pirates and sailors that he just shot, uh, the edges of the frame appeared to catch on fire. And now we see that the flames are on a burning tricorn hat, like the kind of hats that you always see pirates wear. And it's moving away from the camera. As it moves away, we see that it appears to be falling into a fireplace. And then finally, the burning hat vanishes when a cup of liquid is tossed on it. And then we see that the liquid 
uh, is in a cup being held by the character who's been telling us the story of Captain Flint. It happens very fast, but it's a cool effect. I'm not sure exactly how they did it. I guess maybe they just really set a hat on fire and shot it on a green screen or something like that. But I like it. Any thoughts about the burning hat? I, I never noticed it or thought about it. I never noticed that it was a hat until this time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So. Uh, no, I, I have no thoughts, except I, one thing that I'm going to be looking out for a lot throughout this movie, and I assume you guys more so, is, um, you know, Muppet Christmas Carol is such a tour de force for Brian Henson. And it, at least in my opinion, this movie doesn't hold up to um, to that standard. Uh, but there, I'm sure there are moments throughout this movie in which he'll do things that are like, oh, yeah, you're trying to, like, reach that same height, you know, with things like you know, cool camera tricks mm-hmm. and forced perspectives and weird puppet stuff and, you know, all, all that great stuff from Up Christmas Carol. So maybe this is one of those things where Brian Henson was like, okay, I got this idea and it's going to take us like two weeks to pull it off. Yeah. And it's going to be about a second and a half of screen time, but it's worth it. We got to do it. Right. Yeah, yeah. It looks cool. But it does go by so fast. But it brings us to uh the the inside of the admiral benbow inn i don't know do we ever actually hear on screen or see that it's called the admiral benbow inn or do do we just know that i think they do say it we will just watch out for it we're gonna watch this whole movie that's true okay we'll we'll keep an ear out and an eye um is it is it a coincidence that benbow sounds so much like bimbo it does that's why i think i may have just pronounced it more like bimbo than do do you guys want me to jump ahead and explain who admiral benbow was oh sure Sure, okay. do do it in rhyme. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't. Um, no, gotta, don't even try. It's okay. Don't. Yeah, I'd have to think about it. A hero of the Royal Navy in the 1600s. Oh, so this is Vice, a real person. Vice Admiral John Benbow. Yes, he okay. died in. I want to say 1703. I had it. I had it. I meant to write it down, and then I didn't. Let me see. John Benbow. Let's see. Born, uh, 16, 1653 to 1702 he was uh, a vice admiral in the royal navy okay and the in the book uh navy enthusiast robert louis stevenson named the inn after him it's not a real inn, but okay. named after a real life guy and but... whose finger does he live inside <laughs> uh oliver cromwell okay. what <laughs> Uh, but you said this, you told us before, but this book was published in 1883. Is that right? Yes, it was serialized in 8182. So people reading the book probably wouldn't have known who the real Admiral Benbow was, unless they were also well, I mean, enthusiasts. It depends on how big of naval enthusiasts they are, right. I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I guess, I but, mean, but also, I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't live in England. So maybe maybe that's a name that's as familiar as like Patrick Henry and Nathan Hale or something. Oh yeah, and I, I okay. truly have no idea. All right, it may, maybe it was like a common like you would name you know a, a pub or some other kind of place after these famous people. Right, maybe there were you know? some places named after him. Yeah, cool. It was a chain. Yeah, it was a fast food chain. Like Long John, much oh, like Long John Silver's. I'm just gonna say it. Well, God, of course you are. He's <laughs> like Popeyes. <laughs> <laughs> Our other favorite <laughs> chain named after a sailor. Wow. Oh. That's great. <laughs> what was the name? What was the name of the pirate from the McDonald Land characters? 
Um, oh boy. Because it was a pirate, you remember? I can picture him. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. I can picture him perfectly. I'm so yeah, ashamed hat, that I, I can't remember his name. I'm going to go McDonald oh. Pirate. I Captain say... Crook. Oh, okay. Captain Crook. Wow. Captain Crook. Like Captain Crook, You're you guys. a crook, Captain Hook. Judge, you must throw the book at the pirate. Arrest development? Say... <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, man. I was going to say Captain Kid with one D, but that was the mascot of the kids area of SeaWorld back in the day. You're thinking of Kid Video. Kid Video with two Ds. That was the Saturday morning cartoon. <laughs> that was great. I loved that show. You're thinking of Kids Incorporated. <laughs> Wait, that I was also a Saturday morning show. <laughs> no, I'm thinking of Monsters Incorporated. We could do this all day. Um, oh. Billy Bones is the guy telling Heard the story. Uh, Billy Bones is played by Billy Connolly. Hey, Ryan. <sighs> yes. Who is Billy Connolly? Who is Billy Connolly? <laughs> who is that guy? He is a Scottish comedian and actor who was, from what I've gathered, uh, big in the UK for many years before crossing over to the US in the 90s. Yeah, he's like a he, legend. He's like he's like legendary in the UK. Yeah. And here he's, he's famous. He's well known, right. certainly. Right. Uh, he was on the last season of the ABC sitcom Head of the Class. He was brought in to play the new teacher, I think. I didn't really look into that, but that's my memory of that. Yep, uh, I remember um, that, yeah. And and he was a, like a Disney, he be, decided to become a Disney guy around this time. He's in Pocahontas. Right, Also, yes. he's John Smith's um, buddy on the ship. Yeah. Uh, his other movie credits include Indecent Proposal, um, Mrs. Brown, which my theater arts class in high school once watched and most people thought it was boring but i thought it was pretty good uh white oleander the last samurai garfield a tale of two kitties and... directed by tim hill oh really right right <laughs> love is from space tim hill okay yeah we'll talk about it more next season <laughs> um and brave as well as a bunch of tv guest star spots um and he's just fairly recently, I think, retired from stand-up comedy, but also like just just kept continued to do that until recently. Yeah. Um, you left out my favorite piece of Billy Connolly's filmography, oh, is which that? is that he's he's in the third Hobbit movie as hmm. uh, as like the master of some town or something. Okay. Because I don't like those <laughs> Hobbit movies all that much. I've seen but, none of those. No, they're, but they're, they're quite bad. They're quite bad. All each of them for reasons known only to Peter Jackson features a well-known comedian as a King. Hmm. And it's Barry Humphreys in the first one, Stephen Fry in the second one and Billy Connolly in the third one. And none of them is really very like playing comedy characters really, but they're just like, it's like three extremely funny gentlemen (laughs) being, being Kings in the Hobbit. I, I Uh, just, I think Peter Jackson just wanted to entertain himself. I really do. You know, I mean, everything we know about those Hobbit movies is that Peter Jackson had no time to plan anything. So I'm sure it was very little thought and more like, I like these people. Oh, that's kind of a funny idea. Just do it. And then move well, it. we have to move on. And wasn't the whole thing, this is one movie's worth of story. So how do we pad it out so it can be three movies? Yeah, It's not even one movie's worth of story. Like it, <laughs> like that, like the book is like, like a third of the size of one of the Lord of the Rings books. No, no, it's like 300 pages. Is it? I don't know. It's yeah. a shorter. Yeah. It's, no, it's like a third of the size of Lord of the Rings. Like it's it's no. shorter than than any Lord of the Rings book, but not not that much. But but hobbits are much shorter than normal men. Oh, that's that is true. I thought that, that is true. There. There's no there's no kings of men in the Hobbit. 
book. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Billy Bones explains that Captain Flint died before he could return to that cursed island. Cursed, or he maybe says cursed island to retrieve the treasure. Uh, now we see that he's telling the story in a crowded, candlelit room. It appears to be a tavern, as Anthony alluded to. Well, um, before before we talk about the tavern, real quick, I had I had two things about Billy Connolly that I wanted to bring up. Oh sure, well, um, please. One one is that uh, apparently in uh, 2002, uh, he said in one of his stand up bits, he made a joke about that uh, he was the only man to ever die in a Muppet movie. Yes. Um. Is that true? I and was thinking about is that, that. still true? Because that was that was obviously over twenty years ago. Yeah, I was thinking about talking to that when we actually get to that scene, but I think you. Oh, yeah, okay. No, you, yeah, no, I know you won't be here, so. Um, won't be here. Wait, he's gonna die. <laughs> you thought this was a kids' movie. Um, I can't think of any humans dying in any Muppet movies. There. Yeah. Right. They definitely get yeah. injured. But I mean, even like, what's the worst that happens? Mel Brooks gets his brain uh, zapped. Scrambled. Uh, yeah. Doc Hopper gets chased away by a giant animal. It's like technically Scrooge is dead in the Christmas yet to come. But right, yeah, yeah, we, so, yeah. We see a world where Scrooge is dead. Yeah, so, right. That's as close as I can think of. Even but then he wakes up. He's die. He's married as a schoolboy. He's not dead. Right. <laughs> so. um, the other thing about Billy Connolly is this weird uh connection that like his he's got the first same first name as his character billy bones billy Connolly. right and i tried i mean there's a there's a page on the muppet wiki a category of people who've appeared in muppet movies and i tried to see if like there were any others aside from uh celebrities who played themselves right you know like Whoopi Goldberg is herself Edgar in Bergen. the 2011. Yeah, Edgar Bergen. Yeah. Um, you know, it's like Selma Hayek and Christoph Waltz and Muppets oh, Most Wanted. Right. Uh, so Danny Trejo, you know. Yes. Uh, so I, I could only come up with one. And it is also very possible this person is playing themselves. And they're not really a celebrity. But I want to see if you all could figure it out or and or come up with any others that I, I didn't notice. So it's in a theatrically released Muppet movie? Yeah. And it's somebody with another character addresses them by name yes um is it oh it's it's um the guy from sardis oh vincent yeah oh, yeah liza minnelli says oh, he's playing himself yeah yeah he's playing himself okay. yeah he's playing you're saying this person is not playing themselves but they are addressed it, by they name? might and they, they might be they might be they're addressed unclear. by their first name they are addressed and by it's their, their first real name. first name it is their real first name okay so it's this is, this is a stumper i will say this yeah. is like a good hubba walk I'm, I'm gonna sit here and yeah. think about it for a minute and then we'll yeah. edit out all the we'll edit out you want a little music in here or something yeah yeah what's the name of that, <laughs> that, that song that's like some some old game show who whizzed on the electric fence no I thought you were going to sing Baby Elephant Walk, right? Oh, that would be a good one. I'm just running through all the guest stars in my head. It's Mickey Rooney. No, they don't say his name in that. So I think I'm going to tell you because... Yeah, just tell us. Yeah, I can't think of it. Okay, so again, not clear if it's a celebrity. That was maybe a non-hint hint. Yeah, yeah. In Great Muppet Caper, 
uh, Jerry Nelson and his daughter Christine. Of course, no Christine, that's a frog. Oh, no okay. Christine, that's a frog. They yeah. say her name out loud. Maybe she's yeah. playing Christine Nelson. Maybe she's not. She's right. not a celebrity, but we know who she is. That was the that was the only the fact that that's the only other one I could find in all these different Muppet movies. Yeah, huh. um, I was really expecting to see like one more. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Uh, yeah, most people watching that would not realize or assume that her real name was Christine. So yeah, that's right. right. Yeah, it's just it, and, yeah. interesting. And I assume that Billy Bones's name is Billy Bones in the book, right? I've, I have not read Treasure Island. I'm pretty sure yeah. it is. Billy right? Bones, yes. Yeah, Billy yeah. Bones yeah. Is, na- so, in, is named in the book. So do you think that when they were looking to adapt this movie and they read Billy Bones, who, who can we get to play Billy Bones? Hmm, who's a famous Billy? Billy Crystal. Let's Billy get Crystal, him. Oh, yeah. he's not available? Yeah, we'll just get yeah Billy. <laughs> Billy Crystal, can you imagine the opening narration of this movie if it was Billy Crystal? Yeah, Captain hey, Flint well... entered 15 men. <laughs> Only one man walked out. It, like... He could have done it. I, not you know, well, I'm thinking, but he could have. Connolly is hamming it up here. <laughs> Billy Crystal also loves to to ham it up. So, and Billy Crystal would have done you it like the like nice a mut- voice, like a like he would have done an accent. Yeah, exactly. Know? That's true. He would. That, oh yeah, he would have done a pirate. Well, you're right. He wouldn't have been like doing Miracle Max or whatever. Like you're right. right. Probably that. Yeah. Although that would have been fun too. I could have gone for Miracle Max in this movie. Yeah, he goes yeah. into the Admiral Benbow Inn, orders a nice mutton, lettuce, and tomato sandwich, so the mutton <laughs> is nice and lean. <laughs> Um, I, I did read uh, in, in researching the movie that uh, Kirk Thatcher is a big fan of Billy Connolly and uh, came up with a lot of Billy Bones dialogue in this movie. And also that uh, the crew was amazed that Kirk Thatcher, when, when he would, when they were writing the movie and like doing table reads and stuff, Kirk Thatcher could uh, recite Billy Bones dialogue and sound very much like Billy Connolly's voice doing it. So. Oh, interesting. It might have just been his idea to cast Billy Connolly. Well, and you know who else would have played a good Billy Bones is Kirk, Kirk Thatcher. Thatcher. Yes. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I wonder if they ever considered that. I mean, considering there's like two celebrity cameos in this whole movie, like they're probably like, no, we need like a like a name. We need one Let's more name. Yeah. 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 Uh was that was that your all your uh, Billy Connolly? I'm good. No, yeah, we okay. can, yeah, we can move on. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so yes, they're in this uh, candlelit tavern. Um, as with the Muppet Christmas Carol, this movie, unlike the the first three, takes place in a world not not a world that is mostly populated by humans, with a few Muppets here and there. It's kind of like evenly split. The population is is, is half Muppets and half humans. Uh, so as with Christmas Carol, it's fun to scour the background of all these scenes and, and see how many Muppets we can spot and identify in this room. There's a bunch of pigs. And then I think in the back corner, there's a dog from dog city. Yeah. Yeah. I spotted him. Yep. Yeah. And then we have the laundress from Muppet Christmas Carol. Yeah. (laughs) And, Love to see her in this. I really do. Yeah, like, yeah, it's fun to see her back. And then uh, we also see Bean Bunny, Robin, and Ralph. We yep. like those guys. It's true. And, and, Ralph, and Ralph especially, like, watching this for, for this, I kind of forgot all, how all those years where Jim and Richard's characters just didn't talk. Yeah, he's there. You know? he, yeah, none of these three have a line. Right, right. But, like, Ralph, Scooter, I mean, like uh, – you know, Janice and Dr. T, like, just, like, didn't say anything right. for a decade or more, you know? And it's weird now how, like, at the time it was just like, yeah, whatever, that's 
that's Muppet stuff for Rolf doesn't say anything. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like that's our little wink, wink. Like, remember this guy? Anyway, we have story to get back to. Yeah. Um, but I, I was thinking like, if this movie was maybe a few years later, you know, even if they hadn't recast Rolf yet, they at least would have had him like playing piano at the bar. I know like it's probably not accurate. Right. Yeah. Like yeah. Christmas I know Carol, this yeah. isn't like an old West, you know, tavern. You know, I don't know if they had pianos in, in English pubs like that, but yeah, like who cares? Like it, right. there's a lot of stuff that's anachronistic in this yeah, movie. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. That would have been nice. Yeah. It's yeah. It's that's, I think that's the weird thing is like, to me is knowing in retrospect, you know, when we had those brief moments of Rolf the dog in Muppet Christmas Carol and Muppets tonight, and you know, he has one little half a, like a grunt or he's playing piano. He, he mugs to the camera, but here yeah. it's like, they're deliberately making him uh, an extra. Like Rolf is no longer famous. He, well, he doesn't get a moment. He, you know, he's just one of a bunch of pigs. I, I'm sure Muppet fans were happy to spot him when this movie came out, but it does. Yeah, yeah. it's kind of just well <laughs> throwing us a bone. Uh, like, no, look, right. here's here's your favorite. He's not going to talk, but here here he is. Yeah. We haven't totally forgotten about him. But I, I guess my point is more that like yes, they're throwing the Muppet fans a bone, but it's so much less of a bone than than we had gotten just a couple of years prior, which makes me feel like they were yeah. continuing to demote Rolf, and yeah. you know, yeah. as opposed to like letting him have the same type of you know mini spotlight of like it's the Rolf moment anyway. Moving on, or you know, hey, yeah. don't forget Jim, and moving on, whatever. Yeah, it is. I guess they just really yeah. hadn't quite decided what they were going to do with him. Yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, Billy Bone says, now, isn't that a story worth the hearing, which is an unusual turn of phrase, but maybe it wasn't unusual in 1883, or maybe it's from the book. I don't it's know. not in the book. Okay. No, I, here's the thing. As far as I can, like so far, at least in these four minutes that we talked about for the next two episodes that Joe's going to be with us, there's essentially no dialogue from the book. Okay. That's here. not surprising. Like, yeah, I don't like, I, I think it's a huge difference from Christmas Carol. Oh yeah. Yeah where they like made an attempt to preserve the language you know yeah like we talked a lot about how a lot of it has changed and a lot of it doesn't it sounds like it but isn't it yeah or whatever yeah this more one of it is than just, we expected in christmas carol yeah yeah but it's it's much more so than here where as far as so far at least it's yeah. like not okay well everyone says that line with him because everyone has heard that story so many times before uh on the table there is a mug that is carved to look like uh, a man's face, a man's head. And as everyone uh, chuckles, the mug speaks. It says, I'll drink to that. Ha ha. And watching this, I was really struck by that because I had no memory of that gag at all. Is it possible that I missed it every other time I've seen it? Did I just forget? I have no idea. But I was like, whoa, that mug is talking. Yeah. And yeah. it's Martin G. Baker, right? As we... As we established, it's supposed to look like producer of this film, Martin I wasn't G. Baker. Sure, where did you? That's what that's what Muppet Wiki says. Okay, cool. So that must me, have come can... from somewhere. Do you want me to go read the citation? Well, sure. There were just there are just so many bearded men in the Muppet world that I was kind of thinking, okay, is this supposed to be Jim Henson? All right, so is this Michael Frith? So the so the Muppet Wiki page for this character is called Martin Baker Stein. <laughs> <laughs> and okay. the the source Wait, isn't that on... firestorm <laughs> <laughs> yes martin the baker the stein is indeed uh, uh named after fame <laughs> nobody, nobody knows what i'm talking about go on yeah all right 
<laughs> All right, Professor Martin Stein is the uh, one half of the. He's one the, half of Firestorm. Thank you. Of Firestorm's secret well. identity. Um, but uh, this the footnote on Muppet Wiki says the Jim Henson Company archive via Scott Hansen. So oh, okay. Our friend Scott, who nice. uh, is an editor at Muppet Wiki, found that out. Like, you know, we can trust him. Like, yeah. I, I believe that he he has the documentation. Yeah, well, I'm glad we know. We should we should make a yeah. Stein that looks like Scott's face. We should. Uh, when I was a kid, my dad collected these like little porcelain heads that were in the style of that that's that Stein. Like, I'm sure you've seen them around. They they still have them at yeah. like seafood restaurants and stuff. And he had like. Uh, there was a uh, what do you call it like a like an archway in our house and they were lining the sides of the archway hmm. and I'm sure my mother hated them <laughs> it was like like to us like our our Muppet toys that we want to we want to have out and you know our spouses sure, are like sure. more of that stuff okay I guess if it's important to you um, yeah so we so that, I think of that when I when I see that style of art um, but I I also uh, want to take this moment. Uh, since we're talking about more characters who are in the tavern, there was a few that you missed, Ryan. I don't oh. know if you were going to get to them, but I spotted uh, there's an old lady sitting in the back, one of, possibly one of the Jerry and the Atrix. Oh, okay. uh, I was watching on my computer screen, so it was very small. I could not tell, but it looked like an old lady. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm, I'm someone might can tell me if I'm wrong. Uh, there's also a Muppet chicken in the back. Oh yeah, I forgot uh, the chicken. Yeah, the chicken is uh, pretty clear to see. Oh, it's good to see um, chickens. In a moment, when we get a different camera angle, uh, we can see Pops is sitting up in the rafters. Oh, really? Yeah, Pops oh, is up there. Great. Um, and uh, oh, and then sitting at the table with Rolf and the pigs is—I think it's supposed to be a mole. I think it's—it's it's like the Muppet mole. Like a, I think of him as a mole because of the Muppets now uh, sketch where he gets covered in mole sauce. He's oh, like a little furry okay. guy. Yeah, but he's huh. sitting there too. Huh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good catch. Yeah. Yeah. Someone was gonna was gonna be like, uh, "Excuse me, you forgot the mole." Yes, definitely. So we we don't yeah. want to forget. I had to make mole. sure that was said. We probably forgot other characters too, but those are those are the most important yeah, ones. Tell yeah. Us. The mole. Chicken. Yeah. Yep. Pops. 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 Tell Good us we missed. Norman. Uh, Right. So Billy Bones then asks, who has the map now? Some black-hearted squid-sucking buccaneer? And I like that line because I always like colorful dialogue that sounds obscene that isn't really. Um, like, yeah. there's that scene in Hook, which is not a great movie, but the scene when um, uh, Peter Hook, Pan... Written, written by James V. Hart. Yeah, you're right. Yep. Maybe he so wrote same, that exchange. Perhaps he wrote both of these exchanges. Yeah. Yep where uh, Peter Pan and Rufio are exchanging insults. And they're like, some of them are PG territory, but they all sound much worse than they actually are. So that's, that's kind of what this reminded me of. Um, yes. I would love to hear Billy Bones say to Jim Hawkins, you're a rude, lewd, crude bag of pre-chewed food, dude. Is that what that line is? Yeah. So who says it? Robin Williams? Robin Williams says it to Rufio. Yeah. What do you think of bad that? Movie. How, how do you, I think how it's do you terrible feel? No, it is a bad movie, but that's a fun scene. <laughs> but I, I like when I like uh, Prince Zuko way more than I like Rufio. I can tell you that right now. <laughs> Prince Zuko. Uh, yeah, that I was get Dr. That Basco on Avatar The Last Airbender. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, how do you feel about uh, Joe Pesci's fake swearing in Home Alone? Oh, yeah, that's good stuff. Because that's like Love it. a cartoon. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's actually like a thing. Yosemite Sam going rass and fresh. Yeah. That's yeah. actually a thing my kids talk about a lot. <laughs> is just like <laughs> just that muttering. Like they both think it's really funny. And it is. It is. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Um, Anthony, what's the, what's the comic term for when you replace swear words with symbols? Oh yeah, I, I know what you're saying. I don't. Is there? A ter- I'm sure there is a term yeah. for it. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure like Mort Walker probably created a term for it or <laughs> yeah. something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cartoon Let's swearing. See. You mean just like yeah, at sign, pound sign. Yep. Exclamation yep. point. Exactly. Yeah, there should be. Are you go- you googling it? Uh, you googling it called, that thing? Yes, it is called Grolix, Apparently. Ooh. Grolix. Did Mort G-R-A-W-L-I-X. Walker? W L I X. I don't know. This is just like a dictionary definition. Let's see. Grolix's. I really hope it was Mort Walker. I, I really. <laughs> I, if was, I got that right, if I didn't know Mort the name Walker, of it, but I didn't know. Uh, Mort Walker and I graduated from the same university, University of no Missouri. No way! Yes, oh. which, is, which is why there is a statue of Beetle Bailey uh, in his, like, um, dressed as a student. He's wearing, like, a sweater and a Well, and a that's how Beetle Bailey started before he went yeah, to the army. Oh. He was a student. Right, but it's oh. it's from the, the, like, school newspaper. It's from, like, the college newspaper. That's where Beetle Bailey wow. was created. Wow. So the Sesame statue is, is his U of M. Beetle Bailey. <laughs> yes. Sesame Street star Beetle Bailey. Wow. Um, were you, oh, okay. So you don't know who created the term Grolix. You just know that that's what it's called. Well, let's just say okay. that it was Mort Walker or Dick <laughs> probably Mort Walker. Yeah, I'm pretty Unless pretty confident we find out that. otherwise. All right. Or Johnny uh, Hart. Then Billy Bones says, maybe Jim Hawkins has the map. And that's when we meet Jim Hawkins, who says, if I had it, my friends and I wouldn't be here serving you rum, Mr. Bones, which is some nice, concise uh, exposition about what uh, Jim Hawkins and his friends are doing there. Um, this is Jim uh, and his friends are Gonzo and Rizzo. We know them. We've seen them in some other movies. Uh, Jim is played by Kevin Bishop. Now, who is Kevin Bishop? Who is Kevin Bishop? Um, so Kevin Bishop at the time of this movie was uh, just basically just some kid. Yes. Like, he, he was he gets the end introducing credit here right as, as, as uh, we yeah, established I think that's right. and i don't let's see i have i have a lot of stuff about his later career well and i can um, tell you that on the dvd commentary brian henson says that kevin bishop was the first of thousands of young actors to audition for this role and after auditioning all the other young actors they just came back and decided he was the one they just went back mm-hmm. yeah so he's um he has continued working. He actually, I was thinking about this. He starred in a sketch show self-titled in the late 2000s for two, two series called the Kevin Bishop show Cool. where he was best known as an impressionist. Hmm. He did a lot of played a lot of celebrities on his self-titled sketch show. And on before that on a show called star stories where he was kind of like, that was his big deal as he was doing celebrity impressions. Okay. And, so he, like, he, obviously he was famous enough to have a show called the Kevin Bishop show. Yeah. You know? And so I feel like I was thinking about this, that like certainly among Americans ever since then, there's been this idea of like, well, you know, Kevin Bishop became a big star and now he's a big star, you know? And, or at least, yeah. A star. Yeah. Yeah. But that show was like 15 years ago. Mm, okay. So I was thinking, I was wondering, like, how big of a star is he really? Uh, so I, I asked British friends on on social media, and our friend, and I say British, but our friend Rob Wiles, a longtime Tough Pigs friend, Rob Wiles, is from Ireland, and he 
told me that basically he continues to do well. He gets cast frequently. He's recognizable. People know who he is. Um, but he's not like, you know, he's not like superstar Kevin Bishop. Right. And um, my friend Grace Robertson on Blue Sky, an old, old Twitter friend of mine, said, if you pass him on the street, you'd probably say, hey, aren't you that guy from that one thing? And, and Grace is from England. So okay. um, there's, a, there's a couple of British perspectives. But in any case, he has continued working. He appeared with the Muppets again uh, when they did the O2 live shows. He was one of the celebrity guests. He did a sketch with the Swedish chef, I believe. I don't remember. Yeah, I should have. I should have uh, looked that up. I do remember hearing about that, but I, yeah, I don't remember what the sketch was. Yeah, I'm trying to think who. What would be the equivalent level of fame or familiarity with somebody here? Like maybe somebody who was on SNL years ago, and people would still recognize them, but they're not like Lonnie Price. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, maybe it's Lonnie yeah, Price maybe, or like um, Sherry O'Terry. People would recognize sure, her yeah. and know that they yeah. had seen her and stuff. And she still works pretty regularly, but yeah, yeah. I don't know. Um, I, I We should note that he is also the speaking voice of the band, The Gorillas. That You know that cartoon band? Yeah. He doesn't do the singing, but like in interviews and stuff, he's the, he's the speaking voice of the lead singer. Oh, that's neat. Wow. I did. Yeah. yeah. So huh. if, he's, if he's famous, but not too famous, you guys should get him on the podcast. Uh, yeah, that'd be I've kind of fun. Thought about that. I am. Yeah. I'm gonna be honest. I'm a little concerned about what some of our guests might have to say about his performance in this film. I think that there's nothing that we could say that he hasn't heard before. Well, you okay. know what I mean. I mean, right. I think yeah. he's good. I think this is what I you think want he's good too. Jim I, Hawkins, yeah. Right. I don't. I mean, I. I don't love the character like i don't I, we've talked about this i wish this movie was more about the muppets that's than, maybe than more in the writing then yeah but yeah. i don't think it's his fault at all i i think he's very good he he can sing you know he 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 gonzo and rizzo like genuinely seem like friends which that's, is weird yes, that's definitely <laughs> you, you yeah, know he works well like, with muppets yeah yeah so yeah so i don't, I, we'll I don't think he's there are a lot of problems with this movie i don't think kevin bishop's performance is one of them no i do not either so that's there we are stating it on the record we the two hosts of this podcast think that kevin bishop is good in this movie no matter yeah. what any of our future guests say i don't care what anyone says i'm having a great time there you go just like robin the guy who doesn't Rob speak in this movie robin goes to a bar by himself and orders a beer and drinks he it is, by himself he is sitting right next to bean bunny i think that they they came together. They, they have fake IDs. <laughs> Maybe. What did, you, what, they, what did you say, Ryan? I, I said, did it. they have fake IDs because they're both too young to get into a bar? Do you really think they're carding at the no. Admiral? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> no, I don't think. No. It's probably like it's probably like Gonzo's job, and <laughs> you know he's distracted by I don't know something stupid. Something, yeah, yeah. Uh, something weird, other, probably. The yeah. other thing probably I wanted. Exploding stocks of death. Lol. Okay. <laughs> yep. Uh, the other thing I wanted to briefly mention regarding Kevin Bishop, uh, years ago, Joe and I participated in a trivia event at the Museum of the Moving Image hosted by <laughs> Craig Schumann. I was worried that you were going to talk about this. I thought about it too. Sorry, yeah. go on. Yeah. Uh, hosted by past and future guests of this podcast, Craig Schumann. One of the rounds uh, in this trivia game was where Craig would put a photo of a person on the screen and we would have to identify who that person was and what their connection to the Muppets was. And one of them was a picture of grown-up Kevin Bishop. And neither Joe nor I nor our other uh, contestant knew what he looked like as an adult. So none of us 
could figure out who it was. Now, here's my memory of that event as well is <clears throat> I think Kevin Bishop was the first picture he put up. Okay. So I think you and I were expecting like, oh, it'll be a picture of, I don't know, Richard Hunt. and we'll Somebody a little more obvious. Yeah, or at least it would ramp up. So like I was not prepared to be like, I have to figure out who this person mm-hmm. is. I thought it was going to be something obvious. And no, and, and it was not only someone who like, I, I don't think I could have remembered Kevin Bishop's name in that moment, but not knowing like like oh he, right of course he's an adult i haven't thought about the fact that he would have grown up yes he looks different and, now. and yeah then it doesn't look like a child yeah exactly yeah, yeah that was it was a it was a tough one that was a tough one it was i the other thing i in that round i do remember is i was very proud of myself for identifying jack burns the oh, yeah. season one head writer because i i like somewhere in my brain i knew what he looked like from his SNL episode, probably. I had to I guess. guess. I don't know. Or the or the Andy Griffith show. Andy Griffith, Andy. I think, was how I yeah was how I yeah. knew what he looked like. Oh, and then uh, also, am I wrong about this? Jim Hawkins has a mullet, right? That's what this this hair that he has. I mean, his hair is pretty shaggy in front too. Like it's not. There's I no guess. there's no short in front to his to his okay. hairstyle. I would say. You know what it is 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 the fact that the hair in the back that goes behind his neck is straight. So it kind of it gives him that look. mullet look in the back. Yeah. I think it's kind of mullety. Okay, but it's not so, like a straight up. I like, guess, uh, but I just yeah. It's just it's so long and it's like almost over his eyes in front. Like I don't know. I think of a mullet as being short in front. That's like right. the definition, right? Right. Well, doing chores in the front, sailing for adventure in the back. So. <laughs> Did you did you just come up with that on the cuff or did you write that? No, down? I wrote that down. That is the only reason why <laughs> I brought up the fact that it looks like he has a mullet. Of course. What do you think? <laughs> um, uh, I like. I just so, love the fact that you set up your your own punchline. You know, hey, I'm hosting like this episode. I can I can do it. You are Abbott and you are Costello. You got, you're both. the whole package, Ryan. I don't He's need both. either of you. Yeah. He tells himself <laughs> to do jobs and then yells at himself for doing them. <laughs> Um, right, so Kevin Bishop plays uh, Jim. Gonzo and Rizzo are played by Gonzo and Rizzo. Uh, I think I mentioned this last week, but in the early drafts of the script for this movie, the character from the book was just Gonzo and Rizzo. Gonzo was named Jim, and Rizzo was named Hawkins. Um, in the DVD commentary, Brian Henson notes that part of the reason they changed this was because it is a coming-of-age story, and he said, you can't really have Muppets coming of age, which I guess is true. Maybe if you created a new character, but Walter Gonzo and Rizzo... Yeah, that's a good example. Gonzo and Rizzo are pretty established. They can go through an arc over the course of a movie, and Gonzo actually will in the next movie. But From the I, director of uh, Garfield, The Tale of Two Kitties. Yes, thank you. <laughs> I mean, the part of the problem here is it seems like that like that statement tells me that they were planning on being really faithful to the book, which after Muppet Christmas Carol, I understand the reasoning behind it. But when you're playing with Muppets and we kind of have an expectation of, you know, well, the characters work best when we can kind of push against these sorts of, um, uh, I don't know, I guess expectations. I'll, I'll use that word again. Uh, then like they could have had, our Jim Hawkins character be this pair of very weird characters that don't necessarily go through a coming of age story, but like can still take us through the steps of the movie and keep yeah. it fresh and entertaining, even though it's not exactly the way that was written. Yeah. I think, and I, you know, I, I would love to see 
the first draft of the screenplay if we could get our hands on it. But yeah, I'm sure they could. I'm sure they found a way for Gonzo and Rizzo to go through some kind of arc. They could do the same kind of thing where they learn, you know, they think they can trust Long John and they find out they can't. They have to kind of reevaluate what it means yeah. to yeah to to grow up and interact with people. That would have been so much better than having them um, just be like they feel like afterthoughts you know being like just these tagalongs to jim hawkins yeah sometimes it is yeah. it is an odd thing yeah um and then here's a fun twist on this this part of the development that i came across uh in a 2020 interview on the podcast bulletproof screenwriting james v hart uh said that the reason jim hawkins was not originally written as a human in the first draft was that frank oz doesn't like children <laughs> That's what he said. <laughs> I don't know how true that is. Um, obviously, they did end up with a kid, so I guess. Frank Oz hates three things. He hates children. He hates performing in full-body Muppet costumes. Yep. And Marlon Brando. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought you were going to say interrupted at the store while he's buying a can of beans. Oh, oh the fourth yeah, thing. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Famous. He just wants to buy beans. <laughs> he loves beans. Frank, to be beans. clear he loves beans he just hates being interrupted at the store while no, he's he loves beans. buying beans we have never <laughs> confirmed if he loves beans <laughs> he just buys them and so he has a like a, a cabinet full of just cans of beans that he never opens he at home pantry bean pantry wow uh, everyone needs a hobby ryan yeah, someday know? i'm gonna write an article like looking for every time he's told that, that I mean it's not even a story it's just an example of how anonymous the Muppet performers are but he's been right. using that illustration for years years such yeah, a yeah. specific thing he could say buying anything he could say buying underwear but it's pretty, he yeah, could it's just say like, at the store right yeah he could just say at the store yeah Beans. Yeah, always buying, buying a can, a singular can of beans. But it's, it's never so, like for those of us who pay attention to all his interviews, it's so delightful every time he says it. Yeah, oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> I hope he keeps doing it. I don't want him to stop. I want to make that clear. As yes, well. yes, keep buying yes. beans. <laughs> yeah, also related to this, uh, Kirk Thatcher did an interview with the website Sci-Fi Wire a few years ago and talked about this this change from Gonzo and Rizzo to a human Jim Hawkins. Uh, he said he disagreed with that change. Uh, his take was like the studio was saying, oh, you have to have a kid in the movie for kids to like the movies. I'm like, that's utter nonsense. That's that's what Kirk Thatcher said. Um, I agree. That I, is utter nonsense. I mean, it, it's hard. To, I mean, yeah, kids definitely like movies that are not about a kid protagonist or we're not all of the characters are kids. Did, you know kid, my, did kids you know hate Muppet Christmas Carol? Because there is not one child in yeah. that movie. There is a child. You're thinking, forgetting Ebenezer Scrooge. He says, yes, Ed Master. <laughs> but he hates stupid old Christmas. He's barely a child. He's That that kid is yeah. 45 years old. <laughs> you know, can I tell you an example of a movie from like around this time that my kids love and watch all the time and has zero children in it? Please. Well, it's not Page Master. Cool. The that picture is called movie. Cool Runnings. Oh yeah! Oh, what a great movie! They've watched it so many times. They sure. call it bobsled. When when John Candy shows up in Home Alone, Miles shrieks, "It's the coach from bobsled!" <laughs> As though John Candy was the Beatles. Oh, that's, that's great! Fun. What a great movie! Yeah, I, I so saw that movie. Of a, I saw that no movie. Kids um, it, the, kids love. the boys in the boat. 
that just came out. The oh, George yeah. Clooney movie. Yeah. Yeah, the George Clooney directed movie Boys in the Boat, which was quite bad. Don't go see it. But um, the whole movie, I kept thinking, wish I was watching Cool Runnings. They don't have anything in common except for the fact that they're about, you know, about a, sport, a team. like sport guys yeah. that go to the Olympics. But uh, man, Cool Runnings is so good. It's great. It holds up. I don't know how long okay. it's been since you've seen it, but it holds up. It's a lot of fun. Nice. That's great. To that hear. reggae cover of Wild Wild Life, still great. Ooh, <laughs> I don't remember that. Plays during like a training montage. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. I got to rewatch that. When when Miles hears the Talking Heads version, he calls it the song from Bobsled. <laughs> he doesn't call it the song from the inner tube uh, pilot. No. <laughs> Again, no one knows what I'm talking about. Okay, we can move uh, on. The, the, the pitch tape, Jim Henson talking about what his new TV show is going to be, and he they used wild wildlife for a montage yeah yeah a remixed version of the talking head song yeah yeah mm-hmm. uh so yeah i was just gonna say i i think you know who knows how different the movie would have been if they had just stuck with the gonzo and rizzo being the, the main characters thing but i think kids still would have liked it yeah so, kids like I, muppets it's yeah. like the muppets exactly yeah none, <laughs> none of the previous muppet movies have child main characters that's true yeah but we'll never know because that is not the reality we live in. So uh, back in the movie, the actual movie, uh, Gonzo agrees with Jim. If they had the map, they'd be sailing the seven seas on a five-year mission, boldly going where no man has gone before. That's a Star Trek riff, obviously. I bet Kirk Thatcher wrote that line because we know that Kirk Thatcher is a Star Trek fan. And he was, uh, He's and in a Star Trek movie. He's in a Star, in a Star Trek, Trek movie. movie. And he yeah. worked on multiple Star Trek movies. Yeah. But I now I love Star Trek. I love Star Trek. Okay. As of this moment, I have seen every episode except for eleven of every Star Trek show ever made. Wow! I am eleven episodes away from finishing Star Trek. Okay, from finishing and all I, of it. All of it, every show. And I don't think this is funny at all. Um, no. it's not really a joke. It's just a like, reference. It's one of those. But it's but supposed to be a joke, right? It's supposed to be like, haha. Gonzo said the thing from Star Trek. Right. And then he looks at right? the camera and says, hey, hey that's catchy. But yeah, th- this is like, the same whatever, kind of man. joke that, like, I know, Ryan, you, I mean, all three of us dislike, but I know, Ryan, you told me many times that you dislike of, like, hey, it's a, a pop culture reference. It's just like, a that's reference. not a There's joke. There's no twist on yeah. it that makes it a joke. Yeah. It's no, right. it's just Gonzo saying a thing that we recognize. Yes. Right. And, 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 and again, like, I, I, I hope it's okay with you if I say this, Joe, on the air. Literally earlier today, you and I were texting back and forth, coming up with spoof titles of this year's Best Picture nominees using <laughs> the names of Brent Spiner's characters on Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs> we got we okay. We, we have to go back to like a half a step because oh we were talking about okay. It's time to like every year, as you guys know, I make. I Photoshop spoofs of all the Oscar nominated movies. Yes, those might be posted by now for all we know. It might be, yes. And I and it's time for us to start brainstorming. So Anthony and I are starting to think of good ideas. And somehow ideas. we're talking about the movie Poor Things. Hmm. And Anthony said <laughs> it should be lore things with the character lore from uh Age of Resistance. Oh, wow. Age of Resistance. Right, the rock monster. And I yeah. said it should be lore things like Brent Spiner's one of Brent Spiner's many characters <laughs> from Star Trek. And then it turned into, let's just do Brent Spiner characters. Yeah, so then it became Star Oppen, Trek. It became Oppen Spiner, uh, <laughs> Soong of Interest, Date Date Adamy of Paul. Uh, 
I really think you should consider doing that and just seeing if anybody notices, if any of the Tough Pigs readers notice. There's all pictures of Brent Spiner. Yes. And they're all terrible, and none of them make any sense. No, it's all dumb. But but my point is, Joe and I, both huge Star Trek fans, we talk about Star Trek a lot. Yeah, we had a long conversation just yesterday about Star Trek, because we were both... Watching watched, Star Trek at about the same time, I think. Yeah, yeah. You, you were know, watching yeah. Enemy Within with the alien that's just a dog wearing a fur coat. Wow. That's right. Yeah, that rules. <laughs> it's the best. Um, yeah, and so, like, that's to me. But, like, we're both laughing. We're both like, yeah, this specific thing from Star Trek. And in this movie, it's just, like, the opening narration of Star Trek is being said. Yeah. Okay, I mean, it goes by fast, fine. but yeah, you're right. Fine, uh, but also... I, I guess my problem is that there's so much in this movie that is that kind of joke, though, as, mm. as we'll see, okay. where it's just like a reference to a thing. And I um, mean, but I guess like what purpose it serves here is that it's establishing that we're playing faster and looser than than Christmas Carol. Yeah, right? this is going to be like, a little wackier. Yeah, I mean, I guess the rats sing sing Island in the Sun around the same time. Well, yeah, That's and we thing. talked I'm, about. I remember the... you guys talking about this in yeah. in, the fir- in the in the previous season of like you you were you. I know you weren't technically keeping track, but you could have kept track of all the pop culture references. And there would have been like three, like there's right. so mm-hmm. few the entire movie. And, and yet with the exceptions of the emotional moments and the um, like the, the future uh, Christmas future sequence, uh, like the movie is still really funny. There's so much good fun stuff in there. They obviously didn't need it, but this movie, it felt like they needed it. Like the, mm. Already, I know we're 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 not quite two minutes into this scene here, but um, the only jokes, and I'm using jokes with like uh, quotes around them, is everyone knows the story that Billy Bones is telling. Yeah, and the uh, talking Stein speaks, which again, not really a joke, but it's fun. I'll, I'll find that. Yeah, and and Gonzo quoting Star Trek. Like it's like it's like they they realized like we have a page with nothing funny. Just write something and put it in there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know how many jokes there had been by this point in Muppet Christmas Carol because it was a similar thing where you had a like a, a kind of a slow opening with the credits and establishing the location and the you know the world of Muppets and humans. So it, I think yeah, it, it launches right launches right into yeah. another song. You know, it's I mean, yeah. this this movie has like our first whole first sequence. Uh, of the shiver my uh, shiver my timber song right right away. Uh, and that you know so like also Christmas Carol has the sweeping you know like camera going over uh, Victorian England Victorian England good God uh, Dickensian England what I meant to say um, same, same and, thing oh thank you okay oh, I don't Elizabeth, know anybody Elizabeth history. I mean Victoria was the queen at the time okay thank you uh, mm-hmm. but yeah like uh, the so but once you get to okay now there's Muppets in the scene. Like Christmas Carol's got like there's New Zealand and he's talking about his boomerang fish and you've got you know Gonzo and Rizzo and Rizzo's eating the apples and they're having the exchange about like you're not Charles Dickens like we're jumping right into it that's true and here I feel like we just there's just no humor to get us over that hump into now we're having fun yeah hmm. okay yeah a blue a blue furry Charles Dickens who hangs out with the rat is a right. great line like that's like a funny line people quote yeah you know to be fair people also quote. Uh, uh, five year mission boldly going where no man has gone before. <laughs> for, for, for different reasons. <laughs> yeah, I heard That's William true. Shatner say it once. He must love this movie. William Shatner, big <laughs> fan. Muppets tonight. Guest star. That guy. That's true. Yeah. 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 
yeah. and then the other thing I had is that uh, Gonzo does the the Dave Gull's thing of spreading both his arms apart when he delivers that line. I'm, oh I'm, yeah, I'm that's true. Doing it as I as I say that. Uh, yeah, that's the one. <laughs> love it, love it, listeners. I hope you at home are also doing the Dave Gull's arms <laughs> spread apart gesture as you listen to us. <laughs> Uh, Rizzo says if he had the treasure map he'd trade it in for a decent meal so in case anyone is watching and this is their first Muppet movie ever now you know Gonzo likes dangerous things Rizzo likes food Uh, Billy Bones warns everyone beware the one-legged man he's the one to fear Jim says they will keep an eye out for him Gonzo says yeah one leg three heads couple dozen noses and this is when Billy Bones grabs Gonzo by the nose says it ain't no joking matter, hose nose, which kind of reminds me of like in cartoons that I don't know if they, they, they probably still do this in cartoons, but cartoons that I grew up watching in the 80s and 90s when the bad guy would always insult his henchmen, like hose nose seems like that kind of insult to me. Um, but also uh, we love it when they play around with the puppets. So, so yanking sure. guns. This nose. is. That's a good visual too, where like when he's the way he's holding Gonzo's nose and the way that Gonzo looks, he's not literally stretched. Like later on in the movie, he'll be right. literally stretched. But but Gonzo, the way that Dave Goals holds the puppet, like he looks long and thin. It does, I, yeah, I you don't. Like, cool. I mean, you don't usually see Gonzo's nose uncurled. So well, and just like the way that he's like he's like leaning forward, his his chin is up. Like he yeah. just the whole, his whole body is stretched, but also not really. Right. Yeah, yeah. Billy Bones isn't messing around. Uh, right before this scene, though, before that line, mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, Rizzo says, yeah, I'll watch for him if he's delivering a pizza. Yes. Because, as you said, Rizzo likes food. Um, I was curious um, when pizza delivery oh. was invented. And so I Googled it. And apparently the first pizza delivery recorded was in 1889. So it's only just a few uh, years after this book was was published. published yeah. Maybe Rizzo yeah. invented the concept. Yeah, Rizzo invented it. it. Be. Uh, yeah. Uh, where and, was the first pizza delivery? Oh, you know what? I should have looked it up. I believe it was to like like a queen or something like that. The queen of Italy. I don't know. I'm making that up now. I could Google it. But you know what? I, I want to leave a little something for our readers to do. Give them a little homework. Yeah. Hey, everybody. I want a, a five-page essay on the history of pizza delivery on my desk by Tuesday morning. Okay. Thank you. you know somebody's going to take you up on that. Great. I can't wait. We're going to get a message in the Discord with a, a history of pizza delivery. <laughs> but the other thing is that after Rizzo delivers that line, Billy Bones takes a stein and he puts it over Rizzo's head. Yes, that's true. But also true, you can see Rizzo's eyes. Like 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 he's like peeking out from above. So the stein has no bottom. Oh, oh like yeah, it's, you're it's right. It's like a, like a hollow cylinder with a handle. Hmm. Yeah, so what a, what function could that possibly hmm. serve? That's a <laughs> I, that's the Admiral Benbow in special, a bottomless mug of ale. Oh, it's ah. bottomless, of course. See, that's the thing. That could have been a joke that somewhere in here. Yeah, I mean, maybe it was. Maybe it was a cut joke. <laughs> yeah, I was. I, mean, I, was I wouldn't. I would just put it past him. Picturing those steins where it has like the I don't know what, what you call, it, but like the kind of the flip up top. But oh yeah, that, sure. Still would need a bottom, so it doesn't. Yeah, yeah, that, that doesn't make sense. It's a it's a flip up top and a flip up bottom. Yeah, that's yes, yeah. that's, that's yeah. A new ill drinkers on the go. Drop it in there, yeah. <laughs> Is uh, that like maybe it's like that's the way that they would shotgun beer back then? Who knows? They they love you their, just pour it in while your head's underneath the rum. It. 
They were uh, rumming it up. They were yeah. drinking a lot of grog. Did you ever play the yeah. uh, the Monkey Island computer games? All those pirates <laughs> drink grog in those games. Yeah, LeChuck. Yes. I only played one pirate game, and it was the Muppet Treasure Island CD-ROM game. Oh, see, I never played that. We're going to talk about that. You, uh... you got to talk about it. There's so much to say. You got to talk about Billy Bones' mom. She's in that <laughs> game. Yeah, wow. I just found that out today. Well, yeah, okay. Yeah, we're today. <laughs> yeah, we're planning to to talk extensively about that in a future it. episode. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah I'll leave that out. one to you. You could you could look up the Muppet Wiki page for Billy Bones' mother. Wow. Okay. And learn all about her. It's Can great. I just ask you this? Is she played by Billy Connolly? No, but no, she is played okay. by someone that we know. Wow! Like through the, through, through the Muppet world. So mm-hmm. I think you'll 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 have that's a little teaser for everybody hey, for a future episode. Speaking of Billy Connolly and Drake, y'all familiar with the sitcom Pearl starring Rio Pearlman? Uh, <laughs> yep, yes, watched it because okay. I was on a family trip to Las Vegas. Uh, whatever the year was that that show premiered, and I want to they say were... 96. okay, so they were doing whatever hotel we were at, they were doing this, um, like CBS preview TV preview where we were going to be test audiences, and they were going to, you, it's like this show hasn't aired yet, it's going to air, it's the pilot, it's going to air in the fall, you're going to be the first group to see it, and we're going to have you like press a green button when something happens in the show that you like and a red button when something happens in the show that you don't like. And my family went twice. Once was the sitcom Pearl and the other time was a drama about a police uh, psychologist named Maloney, which I actually liked and ended up watching the whole season and it got canceled. <laughs> but yes, I do Dougie. know Pearl. <laughs> so, you know what this reminds me of? Cool Runnings. So what this reminds me of is uh, a month or so ago, I went to a mystery movie screening. Oh, that's fun. And and it was like we paid five bucks and we didn't know what movie it was. All we knew was the rating, the length, and the fact that it was a movie that hadn't come out yet. And mm-hmm. so although the the thing that – the movie that, that fit all that criteria, and I was 100% convinced we were seeing the new Aquaman movie. Uh-huh. And I was like, great to see Aquaman before everybody else for five bucks. What a gift. Like, I was excited. And then the movie starts. You know what it is? The Boys in the Boat. Booty <laughs> oh. movie. Hey, hey, Terrible can I movie. say? Which I was watching Cool Runnings. Can I say what I was going to say about the TV show Pearl? No, we're moving on. <laughs> <laughs> no, we are on a tangent, Anthony. Unless you want to go back and talk about Brett Spiner. I, I want to talk more about the tangent. TV drama Maloney. My one is a tangent. <laughs> Okay, okay. So okay. Malcolm McTell, the premise of the show Pearl is that is that Rio Pearlman goes back to college and her professor that she butts heads with is the bad guy from Star Trek Generations, Malcolm McDowell. And there's an episode where Billy Connolly plays his brother. Never mind that Malcolm McDowell is doing his native British accent and Billy Connolly is doing his native Scottish accent. <laughs> they are brothers. And there is a framing device in this episode that they have written a letter to their two aunts played by Malcolm McDowell and Billy Connolly in drag. Uh. So we have multiple scenes of them as old women reading this letter in a half hour episode of Pearl. It's the only episode of Pearl that I've ever seen. Previous guest on this podcast, Carolyn Wiesner, showed it to me. (laughs) I don't know why she did that. (laughs) <laughs> that's the whole story wow i probably saw that live I, we were we were pearl fans <laughs> you were, pearl fans. Watch a few episodes you were. Of it. You watched yeah. it yeah 
I, but in retrospect, I just think about like Mal- Malcolm McDowell isn't funny. Why did they put him in a sitcom? Hmm. Has Malcolm McDowell yeah. ever been funny? I don't know. Hmm. He's Probably not that. that. He's not that funny in uh, Time After Time. No, he sure isn't. <laughs> Uh, and then I don't know if I've uh, said this yet. The next thing Billy Bones says is the one-legged man brings death. Uh, so I've decided to keep a tally of all the times in this movie because this is a darker Muppet movie. Uh, all the times people talk about death or killing or dying. So, uh, so far, I went back to the beginning. So far, we I have uh, one uh, uh, instance of the word killed. One for murder, one for dead, one for died, and one for death. So I'll let you know as wow. I update that list. Yeah, you're you're just doing uh uh like audible mentions. Like you're not counting like uh like cats and flint shooting a bunch of people. Like actually murdering oh. people. Oh, that's yeah, we, maybe mm. I should keep track of like. Yeah, we, we got fourteen murders. Yeah, so. gunplay or yeah. What's the body count on this movie? Body count. Wow. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Entertainment Weekly used to keep track of that in like summer movies, and then I think they decided it was a little bit morbid. A lot of IMDb trivia movies, like movies with their IMDb trivia, will have a body count. Yeah, yeah, Mm -hmm. under spoilers. Oh yeah, because you might not know that anybody's gonna die. Uh, So then a lady emerges from the kitchen and yells, "Closing time! Pay your bills and shove off!" And that is the. Uh, proprietor of this establishment, and this is Mrs. Blueveridge. She's played by one of the other humans whose name we saw in the credits, in the opening credits, Jennifer Saunders. Now, who is Jennifer Saunders? You know, actually, I was just wondering, um, who is Jennifer Saunders? That's a great question. Well, she's (laughs) an English actor and comedian, perhaps best known for creating and starring in the TV comedy Absolutely Fabulous. Before that, she was part of the comedy team French and Saunders with Don French. Much like Kevin Bishop, they starred in a self-titled sketch series. Mm, Right, yeah. Uh, Yeah, they had their own sketch show. And also during that time when that show was on the air, the two of them appeared together on an episode of Jim Henson's The Storyteller. They played uh, the title character's bad sisters in the episode Sapsaro, which I yeah, think might good be one. my favorite episode of the storyteller. It's definitely in the top three of 13 good or one. however many there are. Uh, most of her IMDb credits are British productions, but American audiences might also know her as the fairy godmother in Shrek 2 or maybe as Marie Van Schuyler in the 2022 Death on the Nile. I don't know. I that, was, oh, that was the thing I was going to bring up was Death on the Nile. Yeah? Is she good in it? Um, sure, she's fine. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I, um, I mean, she's fine. I can't say she's great, but I, I, someone will will point this out. French and Saunders play the, the kooky neighbors who used to be circus performers in Coraline. Oh, that's right. Uh, okay, cool. They do the voices for them. Yeah, nice. Uh, and uh, I just because it's a Muppet connection. Um, one of the Muppet parody calendars did the spoof of Absolutely Fabulous. Oh yeah, uh, with. Trey Fab Fabulo. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. I don't speak French. Um, and it's Neither does uh, Piggy. Yes, Miss Piggy and Janice, because those are the two female Who characters. Else? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, so Jennifer Saunders, very funny, a delight. Uh wearing a fat suit in this movie, and I hate it. <laughs> like yep. I think it's yep. I don't understand why. It's I don't think funny. it's funny. Like even yeah. like I I, I don't mind like a beautiful woman playing an ugly character or whatever. I, I really don't. 
but like she's so hideous for no reason. It doesn't. It has nothing to do with the character. Yeah, I mean, and Billy like, Connolly is pretty grungy in this. Right, but she's too, wearing but... like fake teeth and like yeah, oh, has yeah, like she, boils all over her face and stuff. Yeah, and. And he's in a fat suit. Like, that's true. Like, obviously, like, okay, I'm a fatty over here talking. Fine. But, like, it's not good. There's no well, reason no, it's, for it. No, exactly. It's it's unnecessary the, for sure. The only thing, I'm trying to put myself in the mindset of, what year was this, 96? Yeah, Is that when this movie came out? Yeah, same year the um, show Pearl started. <laughs> and Maloney. That's how I should measure. Yeah, and Maloney, Maloney and Pearl. Same year. Um, yeah. But like you know, the like later on spoilers for this movie that you probably already seen is like when she's fighting off all the pirates and she's kind of like like using her her weight as a, like a like a weapon, like Homer oh, yeah. Simpson in the in the Simpsons arcade game. Um, <laughs> yeah. But like it's like not that that's funny, but like maybe in '96 we thought it was funny. I don't I really don't remember. I'm sure somebody thought it was funny. Yeah. Yeah, it, yeah, I agree with you, Anthony. I don't think it's and it's good and like in this in this scene she comes out of the kitchen and because she's so large uh she accidentally kind of crushes this cow yes against the wall who is wearing an earring like a big old earring looks like <laughs> yeah the earring cow yeah yeah the earring cow that's his name that's that's her name probably it's probably a female cow um yeah no that's i don't know it's, no it's, you're it's right not she, really a joke the, the but, character yeah. easily could have been abrasive and the character—I mean, they could have just given her the fake teeth too, but without the fat suit. You're right. Yeah, that, that's there's no reason for it. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. This cow, I—I I do, I do think it's funny that after she hits the cow, she says, "Oh, drunk again, are you?" I like yes, that. I think that's, that's funny. funny. Uh, I did not recognize this Muppet cow. <laughs> there's this like we're used to Muppet cows kind of looking the same, <laughs> like Gladys from Sesame Street and the cows who did the elegance number on the Muppet show. This cow is a <laughs> yeah, totally really different was. style or design. Um, and I searched her on Muppet wiki. I looked at all the different characters listed on the page cows. And I don't think this cow had been used before this movie, but after this, uh, this same puppet was the cow announcer for the lash Holstein space cow debt sketch on Muppets tonight in the Rick Moranis episode. So, I think I sure. may have started that wiki page. Ooh, you should go look. Back yeah. when I was a more of a wiki guy. Yeah. yeah. I uh, had assumed that this cow was, because it looks somewhat more realistic than the usual Muppet cows. Yeah. yeah so I, I thought so. I thought maybe it was from the animal show. Ah, mm, sure. But it, one, it's not. And two, there's no cow episode, it turns out, of the hmm. animal show. There should have been. So. Mrs. Blueridge says, uh, boys, look at this place. How come it gets to be such a pigsty? And the pigs in the tavern seem mildly offended. She says no offense meant. Uh, Billy Bones throws down some coins. He goes to his room. Everyone leaves, including our friends Ralph and Robin and Bean. So say goodbye to our friends. We're never going to see him. That's it. That's, that's a wrap that's on Bean. Movie. Yeah. Bye, friends. <laughs> And uh, Mrs. Bloverage, uh, as everyone is uh, walking out the door, she says, don't forget to... And that's where this clip ends. Don't forget to what? We have no idea. Don't forget to wash your hands. Don't forget to pack a toothbrush. We have no idea what she was going to say. We'll have to wait until don't next week. Don't forget to tune in next week uh, to the next episode of Moving Right Along. That's what yeah, she was going to say. Bye. Okay. Yeah. No. She says, um, don't forget to count. Don't forget to breathe in and out. Oh, that's yeah. good. All yeah. that stuff. Good yeah. reference. Good reference. Follow that bird. So I think in a minute, Anthony, I'll, I'll go to you for stuff from the book, if you have 
Yes, I do. Okay, but first, uh, some things from the June 1st, 1993 draft of the screenplay. Uh, there's one small difference, which is that Gonzo asks Billy Bones to tell his story about the time he fought 50 macaroons with his hair on fire. Okay, that's another one of those, like, Gonzo is weird and he likes weird things. Sometimes funny. <laughs> um, but the biggest difference is that Bunsen and Beaker are introduced in this scene, in this draft. Uh, Dr. Livesey and his assistant are spending the summer at the Trelawney mansion up on the hill near the tavern. So clearly they were trying to introduce all the main characters, you know, the familiar Muppet characters and bring them all together sooner in that draft. A little foreshadowing. Yeah, exactly. The Trelawney mansion. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Which is interesting that the final version introduces those characters later and brings them all together later. Um, and then there's also a moment where Billy Bones is ranting. Bunsen asks him to be quieter. And then Bones stabs a knife into the table and then strangles Beaker until his eyes bulge out of his head. <laughs> so I guess they wanted to throw in a Beaker gag and also uh, establish that Bones is, is wild and crazy. So, Oh, um, I hate that. I hate that so much. I'm so glad they didn't do that. I mean, you know, we, Beaker's always getting tortured and abused but uh, yeah, but usually not by a large adult human man that's true that makes like, it a i think that's what it, it is yeah. yeah well and like and all the beaker purpose. abuse is yeah it's it's not yeah it's 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 an accident of you know poorly made science experiments not yeah. you know like actual abuse right right yeah oh, i mean I, I guess it is abuse but you know what i mean yeah and i didn't write this down specifically but um the script notes something about like maybe Beaker's eyes are balloons and after they bulge out, they deflate like balloons and then Bunsen has to pump his eyes back up to their original. So I don't know, <laughs> but obviously they didn't go with any of that. Uh, that sounds they, like the kind of Muppet gag that's written by someone who's never written for the Muppets before. I mean, Jerry, Joel, right? Kirk Thatcher and James R. Hart. No, no. So I, who knows? I know. I'm just saying like, doesn't it James sound v. like Hart. that kind of James gag? R. Oh, Kirk R. Thatcher and James V. Hart. Thank you. Yeah. But like, doesn't it sound like the kind of thing where you're like, yeah, Beaker gets hurt all the time. And then like Muppet writers have to come in and be like, no, not like that. Like there's, yeah. there's more the nuance. Hand, there's better rules. On the other hand, mm -hmm. sometimes Muppet fans are critical of like, oh, they just made Beaker's eyes light up again. Yep. Yep. So. We, we like it when they Agreed. do different things, different ways of Beaker getting hurt. Uh, so the other thing <laughs> is the draft specifies that Mrs. Bluebridge is a Muppet, which is interesting. At that stage, they were not thinking of casting a human uh, celebrity. As... That that would have been better, probably. I mean, yeah, like so. I said, I, I like Jennifer Saunders as a performer. I don't think it's a great character, and I don't like how she looks in the picture. Right. So, like, I... I guess this would have been a newly built Muppet, or you know, not a not a yeah. Muppet it would have been like Penny Waxman. It would have been. What if it was Penny Waxman? What if it was Leslie? Wow. <laughs> but but like, but truthfully, it's like there's so few opportunities in this movie for celebrity cameos. So I'm right. sure they were like, we gotta find we gotta more places in the, to yeah, put some. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. So that's it for that draft of the screenplay. Anthony, what do you have from the book? So. It, when we did Muppet Christmas Carol, I checked in with how it compared to the book in a segment that I called the old curiosity shop named ding, after, ding, 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 ding. named after another Dickens novel that is unrelated to a Christmas Carol. Uh, 
So in that spirit, I am now opening the strange case of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. <laughs> Wait, what kind of sound <laughs> effect am I going to have to come up with for when you do, like, just a, a dramatic musical sting? I guess yeah, so, like yeah. a bum, bum, bum. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah, get the score to the Frederick March movie or the Spencer Tracy movie. Okay, I'll look that up. Um, and this famous score to the Frederick March, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Um, no, but so one one thing that we're going to find, I think, and certainly we find here is that very little of this is in the book. So here's what is in the book. Jim lives at the Admiral Benbow Inn, but he lives with his parents. Yeah, that's huge. Yeah, it's huge. As the book opens, uh, his dad is dying and he, in fact, does pass away in chapter three. Oh which largely will inspire Jim to go on his, his quest, you know? I remember that. Okay. Um, but his father is alive at the start of the book, and his mother is, like, running me in. That is true. She, she's fine. She survives. Hmm. But it's at the beginning of the book, the inciting incident is that the salty old sea dog, Billy Bones, shows up. And he asks to be called captain. He gives Jim, quote, a silver four penny on the first of every month. If I would only keep my weather eye open for a seafaring man with one leg. So he does tell him to like look out for the one-legged man who's okay. gonna come after him. Uh, Jim is scared of the idea, but he speaks of having a fondness for the captain. So that's beat like that's you know, I see where they get from there to Billy Bones is sitting around telling stories at the inn or whatever. Yeah. Um and there's some other stuff that I think I'll save for next time because it goes just as well there. Okay. And we're running extremely long. Yes. We had a lot to say about this. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, then in that case, anything else about these two minutes? Joe, starting with you. The only other thing that I had was this idea of Mrs. Bloveridge. I guess, um, I don't know if she's a character in the book, but I read that. that she's not. Uh, oh, she's not a character at all. Correct. So where did the name come from? Oh, that's a good What question. a weird, random name. Bloveridge. Yeah. Are there any? I don't. Know, I, don't I don't have an answer. But any famous literary just, Bloveridges or? I literally just googled the word Bloveridge, and mm-hmm. all that came up was Muppet Treasure Island. Muppet Treasure Island. Oh. Yeah. 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 Weird, right? Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. I'm now, I'm I have thinking, no further commentary. Yeah. I'm trying to think. Is it a portmanteau of somebody else's names? I don't know. Uh, okay, Anthony. Anything else on these two minutes? No. All right. With that, then, we can wrap things up for this week. Uh, as always, thanks to Morgan Davey for our show's logo. As always, you can find Tough Pigs on the internet at toughpigs.com, and we are all over social media, as well as TeePublic and Patreon. You can also check out the Tough Pigs Discord server, where we're telling the same stories over and over again at the tavern uh, over there at the Discord server. Uh, you can I'll drink us. to that. <laughs> you can email us at movingrightalong at toughpigs.com. I am on Letterboxd at Movies Are Neat, and Anthony is on Letterboxd at Zeppo Marxist. Please follow us there. And Joe, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, you could find me at uh, on Letterboxd at Movies Are Neat and on Letterboxd what? at Zeppo Marcus. Mar- Mar- nope. <laughs> Don't do that. I'm tired, y'all. I'm tired. Zeppo Marcus, that's me. That's that's it. I should Now I have to go register that so no one else does. Uh, With a K? Yes. Uh, no, I, I, uh, I am, I've taken the opportunity of, uh, of the chaos going on over at Twitter to quietly uh, get out of social media. So uh, really, I only post on the Tough Pigs accounts these days. So Sounds find good. me there. Yep. Yeah, I didn't even mention our Blue Sky accounts, but Anthony and I are also there. But we, we talk about I'm... that all the time. Yeah, I've been uh, using Blue Sky more than 
more than I used to. Good, yeah, yeah, it's nice over there. Uh, so then, yes, listeners, also tell everyone you know to listen to the show. Uh, and join us again next week for another episode of Moving Right Along. Goodbye. I'll drink to that. So, uh, so, so, so will I.